David Watts on Mix 93.8. Mix 93.8, legendary radio. A Monday night it is, as we do each and every Monday at this time. It is What's Involved, proudly brought to you by the Cradle Boutique Hotel. One of my favorite sponsors. Just love the way they do business. Uh, my special guest in this house, I look forward to this every single month. Uh, and a lot of people have been asking me, so let me introduce him. It's okay. Lawrence Weberolzer from Retire Rich and Happy. Hello. Hi. How are you, Dave? Good, good, good. It's good to be here. A lot of people have been asking me, you know, is Lawrence just going to be on once? When okay, so it's sort of in my mind, okay, Lawrence, it might come as a surprise to him, but in my mind, um, it's Casting Stone every last Monday of the month. Yes, every last Monday. To I'm the here. end of the year. Yes, I okay? am here. So there we go. So you get Lawrence, uh, you're on Saskia's show as well. You yes, do, you every do a, second Tuesday. Yeah, you do, a, you do a sort of more condensed chat. Yes, so like it's, a 15 it's, minutes. It's 15 minutes. Here we get to we spend an hour and we talk about fun stuff. Yes, and we see where it goes. And, and it we goes do. all over the place. <laughs> but I think that's, that's also part of what makes this as entertaining and engaging as it yes. is um, and literally why people listen to the show because of the kind of guests and because it's never this highbrow where we talk way above people's, people's heads. Mm-hmm. Um, I get real people in. We talk about real issues. Last uh, last week, we were talking about the Mankind Project. Okay. Brilliant. Tonight, we got you in and we're going to talk entrepreneurship. Yes. Or, as some would, would call it, voluntary insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about why people, why most small businesses get started now. Maybe I should jump in with that. So, yes, uh, yes, yes. Um, the reason most small businesses get started by a technician that has an entrepreneurial seizure. So, <laughs> so what happens? Yeah, it's, it's like having a, a stroke. Um, so what happens is the plumber works in a plumbing business and then he says, you know what? I can do it better than this idiot. That's my boss. Mm-hmm. So then he gets the entrepreneurial seizure and he starts his own plumbing business. But what, what a lot of people don't understand is being a good plumber and running a plumbing business is not exactly the same thing. It's a completely different set of skills. And that's yeah. why a lot of people battle to, to take that small business and make it bigger. But, you know, we, we talk about this and we talk about, about small businesses, et cetera, et cetera. We talk about entrepreneurship. Um, I have this ongoing sort of debate uh, with other people and with myself about, you know, are entrepreneurs born or are they created? Mm. Um, but, you know, sometimes, a lot of times we obsess about scaling the business, mm. making it bigger, making it bigger, 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 bigger. But, you know, do you get to the stage where you don't want to maybe see this is what happens mostly so why do people start a business i feel the person needs to start a business because he wants to create freedom he wants to have more freedom more control over his life more control over his finances because otherwise go work for a job go get a salary where somebody else determines what you earn and uh, when you can go on holiday and when you can't but what happens is most people start a business and then after a couple of months of running the business they have less control over their finances they have less control over their time they are working more hours they are working harder and that's not the idea behind a business the idea behind a business is to start to replace yourself in the business and that's why i believe too many people start a business at exactly the wrong time and usually people start the business when they need the money and that's not the right time to start a business. Thanks for telling me this now. <laughs> yeah. you where were you 10, 20 years ago? Exactly. <laughs> so you never start a business when you need the money because then the pressure's on for you to go and do the business to get the money, which means it becomes a doing business. And that, that ties into the second mistake people make is they ask the wrong question when they start a business. The question they ask is, what can I do? 
and then they build a business around what they can do and then it becomes yeah. a doing business and they are busy doing it in the business and they can never re um, uh, replace themselves in the business because it's built around them. Hmm. Yeah. We were talking <laughs> off here. I say this because we were talking off here about that. Um, my, my fiance and I have now, have now joined forces. Um, she is unbelievably creative yes. and talented you've you've met her yeah she's in the e-learning space etc etc but what we do is digital stuff yes and and yeah kind of maybe i'd like but i love what i do mm. um i absolutely i get up at stupid o'clock in the morning yes and i mean i go to bed at night thinking about when i'm going to wake up tomorrow and what i'm going to do yes, yes um so yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily kind of want to replace yeah. myself. Here's the thing. If you don't replace yourself in the business, when we talk about replacing yourself, we don't mean you can't still do what your passion is. But the whole business can't rely just on you. Yes. Because then when does that business become an asset? And it's never an asset if it's you. Because then you are the asset. Everything in the business is you. So we need to find a way to create systems in place so that you can start working on the business instead of working in the business. Which is very, very sage advice. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here now thinking, and, and, and you know, this, this is the cool thing for me, is not only do I get to interview some of the best people around, but it's like it makes me think as yes. well. And now I'm thinking, yeah, because I've been, I've been ill for the whole mm -hmm. of last week, still haven't fully recovered, but I was man down. Yeah. And if I'm man down... The business is man down. Nothing happens exactly. on that half of the business. Yes, yeah. So yeah. We, we talk about that there's three personalities in a business. Mm -hmm. So usually when um, a business, a small business owner starts a business, he's all three personalities. Yeah. Um, and that's why most small business owners think they, they become schizophrenic because these three personalities start talking to each other and fighting with each other. So the three personalities is firstly, it's the technician. The technician personality is the person who actually loves doing what the business does. So the plumber loves doing the plumbing. The electrician yeah. does lo loves doing the electric electrical work. Um, so that's the technician. And they just want to do that because they're good at it. Yeah. But then you have the manager. So the manager side of the business is the person that has to make sure that the business actually runs, that there's invoices sent out, that there's money collected, that all of those kind of things happen, mm -hmm. that quotes get done, all of those kind of things. But the manager wants the business to be as small as possible and manageable as possible because the bigger it gets, the more difficult it becomes to manage. And then you have the entrepreneur, which is the third personality. And the entrepreneur wants the business to grow because they see the opportunities. They see where the business can go. And you can imagine, so the entrepreneur wants it bigger, the manager wants it smaller, and the technician just wants to do the job. He doesn't want all the stress. He wants to go out, work with a client, do the job, do it as well as he can, and move on. Okay. I'm trying to think which I am then. You, in, in, in the business. Because I am. I, I saw a brilliant meme the other day on Facebook. It says... I'm a, I'm a small business owner. If you see me speaking to myself, don't be concerned. I'm actually having a staff meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, because you are probably most small businesses that I meet with and that we coach, they are mostly all three of those personalities. They're the mm. technician, they go out, they do the job, or they if they have, for example, they'll, they'll uh, be in a business where there's a lot of sales, mm. so they'll still bring in 80% of all the sales in the business and they'll have like one little salesperson that does 20% because yeah. everything is still related to them. 
them. Hmm. They the manager, so they make sure that all the other staff does what they actually need to do. And they're the entrepreneur looking for opportunities, going out, doing the marketing, creating the marketing content, all of those kind of things. Well, you, you mentioned that. I have a friend of mine who owns a company called the Sales Institute. He is absolutely brilliant. He's a brilliant trainer, writes brilliant bespoke courses. Yes. And all he wants to do is to be able to be let down, you know, let go just to sit and create stuff. Yes. But he will not let go of those yeah. reins. And literally, he's, he's in a position like me. If there is no Timothy, there is no, no sales institute. Yes, yes. And, and that's the thing. If you don't find a way to do that, how do you ever build that as an asset that you can retire from? Because that's actually the end goal. You want to create an asset that will generate income for you without your effort being put into it the whole time. So yeah. you want to have, you want to create a business that you can replace yourself in the business, and um, yeah, and that that happens through systems because you have to create systems because you can't manage people. You can only manage systems because managing people are like herding cats. Have you ever tried to herd cats? <laughs> and then people want to pull their hair out because they can't manage the people in their business. And then they say, but I can never find good people to work for me. It's yeah. not about the people. It's about the system that is not strong enough to manage the people that, that fits into that system. But also on that note, yes, you have a point. But on that note, sometimes with small businesses, you kind of inherit people. Yes. You know, then it's like, okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I vowed now, what I vowed before <laughs> never to do again. Um, but, you know, and there's a saying, don't go into business with your spouse, your friends and, and family, friends, family and or whatever. Yes. But nine out of ten times, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, and then you kind of inherit people who aren't necessarily right for the business. Mm. So that, that's the first thing. Don't inherit people that are <laughs> not right for your business because you are creating problems for yourself. But even if you do, you have to make sure that everybody understands what their role is in the business. They understand what they are responsible for. And through them being responsible for a specific thing, you need to then create a system or a standard operating procedure around that so that the, the position is not the person occupying the position. The person occupying position is just a caretaker of that. In too many businesses, the person sitting in that position does his own thing. It gets done, but it's all reliant on that one person. I mm. call him Pete. So Pete is there and Pete just does yeah. everything and you're just too happy that Pete is running everything. But then Pete leaves and now the whole system collapses because you have no clue what the hell Pete did. So now you have to come in and start figuring out how Pete did what he did. And then you find the gaps, you find the loopholes and it takes you three to four months to replace him. Where if you have a proper standard operating procedure for that position, if Pete moves, you put in somebody else in there, they follow the procedure, uh -huh. and the procedure is then um, keeps the service levels at a certain level. All right. When we come back, yes. I want to just go back a bit, as okay. we always do. Yeah. Um, because you mentioned we start the business at we start a business at the wrong time. time. So when we come back, let's talk about when is the right time. Yes. How do you get to a right time? to start the business. Uh, my guest in studio tonight on What's Involved is Lawrence Weberholzer from Retire Rich and Happy. It is What's Involved, proudly brought to you by the Cradle Boutique Hotel. If you're looking for a conference venue or getaway, trust me, this is the place to go. It's about 45 minutes uh, from here and from Joburg, Pretoria. It's about an hour. Uh, it's in the cradle of humankind. It is spectacular. You need to go and check it out. David Watts on Mix 93.8.
It is What's Involved, proudly brought to you by the Cradle Boutique Hotel, my special guest in studio, uh, Lawrence Uberholzer from Retire Rich and Happy. Now, whenever Lawrence is here, one of the things I enjoy, and it's kind of one of the things I, I do ask, I'm a bit uh, presumptuous there, but then we give away something. Yes. We, we, we sort of give away some value. So tonight... Uh, we're going to be giving away four sets. Four sets of our complete sets of tools. Um, so the tools include a strategic expense planning tool. It's a budgeting tool. I think you you got it. Yes. Um, which helps you to take control of your cash flow. It's amazing. That tool just, just changes people's uh, it, the it, way they manage their money. It's an eye-opener yeah. of note. No, yeah. The second one is the debt settlement tool, which is going to help you to get rid of your debt, unsecured debt within 12 to 18 months. It shows you exactly how much you need to pay on which debt to, to do it in the fastest possible way. The third tool is the bond settlement tool, which is going to show you strategies and help you calculate how to pay off your house in half the time so that you can own your house. If you have 20 years left, let's do it in 10. If you've got 10 years left, let's do it in five. How, uh, see how much interest you can save. And the last one is the investment calculator to just give you an idea of what your investments will be worth and what the effect of costs are on your on your investments. Which is also kind of a scary one because... When you when start playing with it. When you start playing with it and you think about that wonderful retirement policy that you have that promised you 2 million rand at yes. retirement age... Certainly, that's not a lot of money anymore. Yeah. Okay, so if the, if somebody wants to wants to win those tools, yes. um, what do they got to do? Okay, so they can SMS their name and RRH or RRH in their name, whichever way, yeah. uh, to three three nine zero three, which is our personal SMS number. So okay. RRH and their name to three three nine zero three. We'll give away four sets, and we'll do it for the third person, the fifth person, the ninth person, and the twelfth person. There we go. Love the way you do. Five, nine, and twelve. Love the way you do that. It's so good. Listen, we got a we got a message in. uh, So first, it's hi guys. I went to the financial freedom forum this weekend and I learned a fair bit. Well done, Kerry. Now, yes. Kerry, but Kerry says to me that uh, she agrees with me on the business side. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't want to replace herself, but uh, also not everybody wants to grow their little company into a big business. Mm-hmm. I like my small company. I don't want to have to deal with more people or more hassles. Uh, I also think that some of us small business owners didn't really have a choice. You're sounding like me here, Kerry, when we started a business. Sometimes the universe throws you off the mountain, you have to make a plan. But I did enjoy the way Lawrence explained uh, some of the things that I thought I understood, but didn't. Yeah, That's important. Always love the show. So, Kerry, thank you very much. Yes. Let's... Okay, I said we're going to talk about uh, uh, about sort what of do you need to do. What's the right the, the right way? But let's let's talk about this this small business thing because yes. I'm I'm also in that. I mean, I I literally didn't have a choice. I was staring poverty and starvation yes. in the face, so I did something. Mm. I did anything, and I mean, what's involved while it was running was, has had many iterations. Yes. I mean, first it was just me selling my voice and being a vocal prostitute. Um, <laughs> Then we got it. Then it was an event company. Its most recent iteration was uh, in the digital kind of space. And blah, blah, blah. I've now decided that it's time to put that part of the business to bed. Right. Yes. And we're going to relaunch now something else. Yes. But yeah, I don't really want it to get all massive. You don't that. want so, 300 people working for you and unions coming to, to protest. I'd love to have it. Door. I just don't want to deal with any of it. <laughs> right. So here's the thing. There's no right or wrong answers. It's about what is it that you are looking to achieve. You talk. You spoke about when is the right time. So yes. the first thing is, 
um, I said that most people um, do it at the wrong time when they need the money. Yes. But secondly, they, they don't plan properly before they start a business. They don't understand what they're getting themselves into. You need to really put a plan together. And the first thing you need to do is you need to start with the end in mind. So what do I, what do I mean with that? You need to sit and the first thing you need to ask yourself is, what is my business going to look like when it's finished? Now, finished in inverted commas because yeah. the business is never finished. But you have to get an idea. What are you aiming for? Is it going to be a small mom and pop business that, that um, serves the community? Is it going to be a, a business that has one or two big clients? Is it going to be a, a, a national business with franchises? Is it going to be an international business? What is it you're aiming for? Mm. Because if you don't know what you're aiming for, you can't put the, uh, the uh, systems in place to get there. So once you've built that end in mind, that, that picture, you then create an organogram of where your, what your business is going to look like. Where are you going to fit into the business? What are the jobs that you're going to do and where would you need help? And only when you have that picture can you really see where you need to improve to get the business to that, that goal of yours. Mm. Um, so most people just run into it. And then what happens is I, I meet with a lot of people and then I ask, so what do you do in the business? They say, well, I do everything. Chief, and then I know there's no, there's no structure to the chief business. Chief cook and bottle washer. Yeah, yes. exactly. Everything. And I did exactly the same yeah. when I did my business. So we tended to, to get to a point, this was like 2008, 2009, and the business started growing and I said, oh, damn it, we need more people. So then I would recruit somebody and they will come there and say, okay, so what do I do? I say, you sit there and read the Eisgenoot until we've got something to do for you but wait we'll give you something so that person was sitting there and then we gave them this and that and they never really could take responsibility of something so you need to first define what is it that that person needs to do and then you employ somebody to do a specific job and then create an operating procedure for that just on Kerry's side sorry uh, Dave mm. I see you want to say something but on Kerry's side there's nothing wrong with having a small business. You just need to decide what is it, why did you start the business? Did you start the business to give you a cash flow and to, to uh, give you lifestyle income so that you can support your lifestyle? And then when you retire, the business will just die a, a normal death and you hope you're going to save enough money until retirement to retire? Or have you built a business or have you started a business to create an entity that can sustain itself without you so that when you retire, that entity can continue and as a shareholder, you can get income from that entity without you being involved and if that is the case then you have to build systems you have to start looking at getting yourself out of the business see that was one of my big wake-up calls because i did exactly what kerry's mentioned there yep. i mean i was staring stuff out and i thought okay well let's start you a business do, do something do anything and you know i'm, I'm unemployable most people have noticed that by now <laughs> um so i started to do that um, and then kind of built it up and then I was like, okay, now I can afford the fun things like a pension yes, and a medical aid, etc., etc., etc. You know, those fun <laughs> things, those grudge purchases, um, which was all good and well up until I hit my divorce and lost all of that. Yes. So now suddenly all of that is gone, okay? The pension stuff stays there now mm. and nothing happens to it and it grows at a minuscule percentage. Yes. So, you know, ended up back here in Joburg, restarted up another form of the business. Now I'm playing catch-up. Yes. Okay? And the thing that struck me after having chatted to you a couple of times is, yeah, I, I, you know, the, the amount of money I'm going to be getting for retirement and after looking at some of those tools, it's not going to cut it. Not, it's never, not ever going to cut it. No. So do I want to, and this is the place I'm now at, do I want to have a going concern 
that I can sell maybe. And if yes. I do sell it, will that be able to give me enough, enough income capital, if I yeah. invest it? Or do I want to like have, as you say, the structure in place where the business runs and I can draw as a shareholder? As a shareholder. Exactly. Which I think is, is important because I've come across a lot of small business owners and there's almost this denial and it's not just a big river in Egypt, um, but you kind of don't think about that time. You don't. You know, I'm 51 now. You know, I'm not getting any younger. Yes. So, and a lot of people, when you talk to small business owners, they're like, yeah, well, I'm going to work here until I die. Die, yeah. But um, they don't take into account that you maybe n- won't be able to work there till you die. Hmm. And do you really want to work there till you die? If, if you, even if you semi-retire and you can go away for three months on a holiday and come back, isn't that what you want to do with your life? Make a decision of what your passion is instead of having to come in work 18 hours, otherwise you can't put food on the table. Okay. So, let's get back now. We're going yes. around and around. <laughs> Listen, by the way, um, if you want to send us an SMS, 41348, you can ask us any questions you like regarding business. Uh, that's charged at 150. Otherwise, WhatsApp us at 084-822-0938. 084-822-0938. Just a reminder, we're giving away four sets of those tools tonight, um, and they're brilliant tools. Let me tell you, it's worth the price of admission just to get those tools. Uh, all you've got to do is uh, SMS RRH and your name to double three nine zero three nine zero nine zero nine zero three. Yeah, you're ready. You're right. Sorry, sorry, double three nine zero three 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 nine zero three. RRH and your name, and uh, Lawrence or one of his team will get in touch with you there. Um, okay, so going going around and about and everything. So, how do you then, if you're going to start, this is a two prong question. Yes. And once again, we had a list of questions, we're never going to get there. Um, but so at the right time, you've now got an idea and you've planned. How do you go about that? I mean, let's say I'm in a corporate job and it's, it's okay. I've got everything I need, but I'm desperately unhappy. Yes. And I've, I've always dreamt of having my own pizza parlor, for yes. example. How, what, what is the right way? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I would do is I would first go do a lot of research and really do my homework on a business because a lot of people just run into the business because they were told that they're going to make all this money or they have a friend that does that. So you want to do a lot of research, then make sure that you have capital available to run that business, to actually get you through the tough time. Because most small businesses, about 80% of small businesses fail within the first five years. Mm. And about 80% of the ones that are left fail within 10 years. Yeah. So what you don't want to do is rush into a business. I've seen this so many times is people go, I'm sick and tired of my job. I'm going to take my package i'm going to withdraw my pension and then i'm going to put that into the business buy a franchise or whatever and then five years later that money's gone because the business didn't work that wasn't a business issue it was a planning issue in the first place you need to spend as much time as possible on first planning the business before you start make sure what the cost is going to be and even the doesn't matter how good you plan it there's always going to be unforeseen uh, things that happen Mm. but at least if you've planned it properly you know what you're getting yourself into yeah you know that's all good and well and this is why i actually like the stuff that you teach because part of your system there is to start this little and i made a joke the last time a little side hustle business um but that makes a lot of sense Mm. um but also if you do end up like kerry like myself Having fo- almost forced to and, start and, and you kind of took that that leap of, of, of faith you know come to the edge she said um, <laughs> and you didn't fly so much as slowly circle down <laughs> yeah. 
you know, you've got a solution for that as well. Yes. Yeah. So we do business coaching. So mm-hmm. we help people to set these systems in place to get their plan ready because most guys, they don't really know where they're going with their business. They're sort of surviving from month to month. So one of the big things we want to do is we want to sit with a small business owner and say, but what is it that you want to achieve? If you haven't set that, what is my business going to look like when I'm finished in place in the first place when you started it, let's do it now. Let's get an idea of what we're aiming for and then put the systems in place to get you there. What you're talking about, the the side hustle is so important. I always feel that people need to start a part-time business. I believe everybody needs to have some kind of a a part-time business or a home-based business, Um, not just from from an income perspective, but from a tax management perspective. It gives you so much more uh, flexibility in how you can manage your taxes. And listen, the way things are going, this this whole, many many people are talking about it now, this fourth industrial revolution. Mm. Um, Things are going to change rapidly. And if you're sitting in your late 30s 40s 50s in a job that job could no longer exist in a couple of years yeah definitely so you need to kind of start doing something else and And this is what i'm i'm very passionate about that and that's the thing so a lot of people that's where they they ask the wrong question they say what can i do and then they build it around what they can do instead of saying what are my skill set and how can i create a business around the skills i have where i can use leverage to generate income so i can teach somebody else my skills so that i can leverage of their efforts but we tend to run into the business and just do it as a part-time so i'm a hairdresser so now I'm going to cut hair on a Saturday and a Sunday. So how sustainable is that? How long are you going to work weekends before you get burned out and you can't continue anymore? So you want to say, well, I've got a skill in hairdressing. So let me create a business model around that skill where I can impart that skill to somebody else so that they can do the work and I can be in, work on the business instead of in the business. But we tend to not think about it that way. Mm. And one of the things are, and I see that with a lot of small businesses, our egos get in the way. We just believe nobody can do it as good as we can. But then you're in trouble. If you really believe that, you're in trouble because you will always then be the business. You need to step back and say, how do I impart this skill on somebody else so that they can take over from me at some point? Yeah, well, I, th- I think I'm, I'm, I'm very much there. Listen, uh, somebody, somebody's just uh, said, how do you then handle employees with a serious attitude problem? I don't know if it fits the scope of what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, that might be something that we can discuss. How do we manage that? So one of the things is if you know exactly what your business culture is going to be, you need to understand what is my business vision, what is my mission, and what is my values. And the values are so important. If you are clear on your values and a person comes in that doesn't fit into those values, they tend to remove themselves automatically out of the business because they don't fit into your values. Mm. Most businesses don't have a clear value statement. They don't have a clear set of values that they live by, which means when a person comes in with a bad attitude, they sort of nestle themselves in because there's a lot of fluidity around the values in the business. Yeah, and and, and I can tell you I've done exactly the same thing. Mm. I had this very bohemian idea of what I wanted the business to be like, automatically assumed that the people that were working for me had the same kind of work ethic as I did. Yes. So they were given the leeway. You know, I wanted to do very much a googly kind of, yes. you know, thing, you know, to tell, do come to work when it's usually... Yeah. And no, 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 no. And um, 
that that caused massive problem. massive yeah. problems yeah people need to understand when they walk in what your company's values are what you are going to allow what you're not going to allow and we're not talking rules like a like a, a prison warden we're talking about this is what we stand for this is what i stand for as the company owner and this is what we stand for um, as a company like one of our core values in our business and you can phone any of my people at four o'clock in the morning and ask them and they will say this is the one final question and that question is is it in the best interest of the client if you can say yes to that question i don't really care what you do up to certain limits yeah. but then i know you're going to do the right thing 99.9 percent of the time but that is our core value is it in the best interest of the client you need to determine what is your business's core value and then make sure that your people understand that and once you empower them to live those values the people who don't fit in will very quickly remove themselves out of the system Right, we are chatting to Lawrence Urberholzer from Retire Rich and Happy Time Time Flies. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about three questions you must ask in the business yes. as well as three systems you must have. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you want to win one of those four sets of tools, uh, your name or Retire Rich and Happy. So RRH and your name to 33903 and uh, Lawrence or his team will let you know. Um, so... There we go. Kerry goes, she started her own business because she was a consultant and our boss sold the company. I didn't want to be sold to a corporate like a slave. You go, girl. I needed a job, so I took a leap of faith and this July will be five years. I need to figure the future gold part out still. Mm, yeah. I got a, you, you know what? We, we got sidetracked the last time. We are talking about books. We are talking yes. about that scribe where you can, it, it's a monthly thing. Um, I've just recently bought a book because um, I have been busy with a course on, uh, which is an adjunct to the to the coaching stuff. Um, it's, it's called clearing. So clearing, limiting beliefs, etc., etc. Yes. And one of the things we recommended was a book. Mm. When we come back, I'll tell you what the book is. Kerry, listen out. I'll tell you about the book. You can get it on Amazon. It is absolutely brilliant. David Watts on Mix ninety three point eight. Uh, Dirk sent us a, a WhatsApp uh, expressing what he thought about the song. Dirk, sorry, mate. If, if all your taste is in your mouth, you can't blame me, buddy. Anyway, we're back. It is uh, What's Involved. Proudly brought to you by the Cradle Boutique Hotel. Lawrence Urberholz are from Retire Rich and Happy. Um, okay, so we talked about, I want to know now, before we, because we're running out of time yeah, once again. again. Three <laughs> questions, three systems. Yes. But also, and again, we were talking about this off air. Um, I said to you, and this is something that happens often, and I made the mistake um, years ago in, in the business, at, in, in the sort of form it was at that stage, I worked for the casino industry. Yeah. And they were my big client. They were my only client Science. just about. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave me a lot of work. So I didn't really, in my head, have time to look for other clients or to diversify. Because the business was you. So my egg was all in one basket. Okay. Yeah. And literally, one day, not, not anything, a male mm. Thank you so much. Your services are no longer required. We will be doing the training, etc. in-house. Done. One day, done. Mm. Business, gone. Yeah. Gone. Complete. And that's, that's the thing. And that's one of the things, again, if you are the business and you are the only technician. Because what tends to happen is a small business, they get this big client. The client takes up all of their time, all of their effort. They get 80% or 90% of their revenue from one client. And then you actually become a slave to that client because that client, and it's worse than being an employee of that client because they can cut you off immediately. Um, 
And that ties back again to replacing yourself because you are so busy with that one client and it, because it's only you doing the work, you don't have anybody else to go and get new clients and you tell yourself, but I'm getting enough revenue, I have this client and tomorrow they just cut your contract and that's it, that's all she wrote. You can't recover. I've seen so many businesses go through that. Yeah, if you see that goose kind of stop laying that golden egg, it's that's a it. problem. Yeah. It's a massive, massive problem. Um, so you need to keep those things in mind. What three questions three golden questions we call them the three golden questions so if you've got a small business you need to ask yourself these questions and if the answer is no on some of them you need to find a way to make it yes so the first one is what is my unique selling proposition what is my usp in my business because if you don't have a well-defined usp you're going to quote on price and you're going to fight people on price which means you are going to be out of control because and i see so many businesses they come out they do a quote they send you the quote and then they hope to hell that um, they are the cheapest and you're going to phone them back. If you yeah. don't have a USP, you'll always get back to price. A USP is what makes you different. What makes you in- unique against your competitors? Um, and you need to define that. Just a tip on that. We don't have a lot of time to go into it. But a tip on that is start focusing not on what you the benefits are that you give, but start focusing on what irritates your client. In the industry that you're in, what annoys the clients you have and ask them and start building your USP around taking away that annoyance because people will do more things to um, uh, avoid a pain than they will to make a gain. Universal law. People are moving, either they're moving away from pain or towards pleasure. If you paint that picture, um, in the sales training that we give, we talk about, you know, the horror stories. Yes. The the what if you don't. Yes. Um, So, yeah, very good. USP. Okay. The second one is, is my ideal, my business scalable? So, can I scale this business? Because if you can't scale, you're going to get into a situation like we spoke about where you have one big client, you can't scale the business, Mm. and now that client takes up all your time. You can't stop working for the client, but you can't get others because you don't have time. And the third one is, how do I get the right people to know about my business? With the key, the right people. You need to know who the right people are. Mm. We tend to, uh, when small businesses start and I speak to them, they say, I say, "Who's who's your ideal client? They say, everybody, anybody can do it. And that's exactly the opposite of what you should do. Because you have limited capacity in the beginning, you need to know exactly who your ideal client is that will make you the most money for the least effort. And then as you build your capacity, you then expand your market. Instead of starting with everybody and then trying to fine-tune the market as you get bigger. When when you're doing, and what I do, I spend a lot of my time writing and writing copy. And one of the things that the guys that are the best in the world um, and, and we're talking the likes of Gary Halpert and people like that, they say that you actually need to go so far as to have a picture of your ideal, ideal client. client. Mm. Um, what do they look like? What is their age group? And then you need to actually break that down so you get your profile of your ideal client and then you start, and this is the same for business. Yeah. Get that. What is your ideal? Because then you know, because everybody is way too general. Yeah, way too general. You know, and if you know where you're targeting and you know what you're going for, and then leads into the yeah. marketing aspect. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. So again, with small businesses, 
you are the technician, which means you have limited time to sell. So what now happens is if you are so general, you have 80% of the people that come to you that's wasting your time, that you're spending way too much time for the income that you're generating. The more um, fine-tuned you are in who your ideal client is, the better your, your turnover and your, um, your um, return on your investment of your time is going to be. But people are very general. Mm, that's a pro- okay, third one. Third one. Um, so the, no, that was the third question. Oh, so the, sorry, those are third the three question. questions. So it's okay. what is my unique selling proposition? Scalable. Is my idea scalable? And how do I get the right people to know about right my business? Right people. There yes. we go. Okay, systems, systems, three systems, systems. So here's the three systems that you want to have in your business. And if you already have them, you need to really put all your effort into fine tuning these systems. The first one is your lead generation system. You have to create an, a system that continuously creates leads of potential people that you can do business with and you can't say my business is a referral based business only oh i do word of mouth you cannot build a sustainable business on word of mouth these days and i'm not saying word of mouth is a bad thing but you can't build a sustainable business on word of mouth only so you need a lead generation system that tells you exactly what happens to that person when he comes in what happens next then where does he go then what does Mm -hmm. he get sent you need a whole system the second one is the lead conversion system. So how do you convert that potential client into an actual client? You can't just go out, do a quote, and phone the guy in three days and hope he says yes. You need a proper lead conversion system to convert that client or that, that lead into a client. Yes. And then the last one is your client fulfillment system. How do we keep our promises that we made to our clients? How do we fulfill that USP that we have? Make sure that our clients get it. And what I always tell the people in the forum as well, it's actually so easy in South Africa to be in the top 5% of servicing companies. Because everybody else is really bad. bad. Exactly. So just do what you say. I always say to people, be your word. If you say to a client, we will phone you at 10 tomorrow morning, phone him at 10 tomorrow morning. It's not rocket science. Even if you don't have an answer yet, just phone and say, I don't have an answer yet. The client will appreciate that. Listen, and let me tell you, entrepreneurs, and I speak for myself here as well, are horrible at that part. Horrible. (laughs) I know. It's like big picture idea. Don't bore me with the details. Yeah, Yeah, we'll get back. And then exactly that. So So be vitally important. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you can't do it, then say you can't do it. And rather give them an alternative or tell them how you're going to solve their problem. But don't say to a person, I'll make it work. And then just don't. You have to be your word. Yeah. You do. Indeed. Listen, yeah. we're out of time. i got to say cheers. Lawrence, thank you. We've, yes. we've you got wanted like to mention that, that book. Oh, yes. I did. I did. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Poor, poor Kerry's still listening and going, okay, yeah. where's the blooming book? <laughs> While you're looking, there's two books that I always so also want to recommend to the, to the entrepreneurs. The first one is The E-Myth Revisited. It's yes. an entrepreneurial Bible. Get the book. The second one that builds on top of that for me is called Built to Sell. Go look at that book. It's not that you want to sell your business, but it helps you to create an entity that's separate from you. All right. And then for some light reading, light uh, reading. check it out on Amazon. Uh, it's a book called What If It All Goes Right oh. um, by a lady. And I'm trying to have a look over here. Mindy. So sometimes her name is spelt M-I-N-D-I. Audlin, or sometimes it's spelled M-E-N-D-H-I. A-U-D-L-I-N. Mindy Audlin. What if it all goes right? It's based on a concept called um, what if up. 
So essentially, you know, we spend a lot of our time going, what if? What if it doesn't work? What if I'm not good enough? That in this book, they term a what if down. Mm. So what if up expands your, your, your possibilities. It gives you energy. It makes you excited. Yes. So uh, maybe Kerry, you'd like to give that one a, a read. I thoroughly am, I'm thoroughly enjoying the book. Um, anyway, last chance now. Listen up, guys, because I see a couple of you missed out on some things and you, you, you're sending our WhatsApp number, yeah. um, the RRH thing. So it's RRH and your name to 33903. We're giving away four of those sets of tools uh, that Lawrence was talking about. RRH and your name, 33903. Lawrence or one of the team will be in touch with you to tell you for a winner. Lawrence, thank yes. you. Dave, it was good to be here. See you next month. Yeah, well, that's the sad news. Yeah, now we're going to wait another again. month. But anyway, you're going to be back on Saskia Show in the next yes. week or so, yeah. so people can catch you there as well. This is What's Involved and uh, wraps up another wonderful Monday evening. Thank you so much for listening. David Watts on Mix 93.8.